Welcome to the Habits and Hustle podcast, a podcast that uncovers the rituals, unspoken habits, and mindsets of extraordinary people. A podcast powered by Habit Nest. Now here's your host, Jennifer Cohen. All right, so we have Bedros Koulian on today's podcast. We're back on the treadmills. For a good person, we have the CEO and founder of Fit Body Boot Camps. You have 800 locations, right? Yes, ma'am. Wow. And the author of Man Up, How to Cut the Bullshit and Kick Ass in Business and in Life. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for the opportunity, Jen. No, I love this. How do you feel about being on a treadmill while we're uh, doing this interview? Uh, you know what? The last time I was doing anything with the treadmill, I was actually carting it out of my gym. <laughs> so a friend of mine helped me build out my own private gym. Okay. Um, nice. And he sent a couple of stair climbers and treadmills. And I was like, I don't need this stuff here. And so I just carted it out of my gym. But I realized that, because if I want to get cardio, I just work out faster. Right. Um, we were talking about that earlier. But I do love doing this on a treadmill. It's a whole different vibe. Well, I feel, I feel you said something to me earlier, which I think is the bilateral. Yeah, the bilateral yeah. stimulation. So uh, something that I discovered from a therapist friend of mine, well, my therapist who finally became a friend after 16 months of paying him weekly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Kevin. So now you don't have to pay him anymore because no, you're no, friend? I still pay oh, him. Oh, you still pay him. Okay. Here's the funny thing. I actually, I was like, hey, Kevin, you know what? You only charge 75 an hour. Like I would pay 175. The very next session, I come in and he raised the price to 175. And I go, you, did you do this to all your patients? He goes, yeah. I'm like, well, good for you. You just doubled your revenue, you know? But I was hoping he would have cut me a deal. But anyway, but he did. He never Kevin, did. Kevin taught me this thing called uh, EMDR. And I forget what EMDR stands for, but the bottom line is EMDR is a therapy way, mm -hmm. therapeutic way of uh, you hold these two little things and they go tick, 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 tick in your hands. And they force your brain, your left and right side of the brain to work together and solve a problem, the creative side and the not so creative side. And so if you ever think about this, when you're on a run, on a treadmill, you're swimming, you're doing repetitions in the gym, every time you're doing something repetitive like that, that's when you come up with your best ideas. That's mm -hmm. when you have the solutions to your life problems. And it's because you're actually creating bilateral stimulation using both sides of your brain to solve the problems in your life. Well, actually, I, I, I could not agree with you more, which is why I figured it'd be a good idea. While this is all about habits and hustle of people, right, and, mm -hmm. and, and how to level up your life, what better way to do it while walking, right? Yeah. Getting the blood circulating and getting your cognitive functioning. You know, basically, you're, you're, you have your best ideas, like you said, when you're moving, right? So True enough. And by the way, I should say, if there was ever a treadmill I would walk on or run on, it would be the Woodway. Okay. Good, nice shout out for Woodway. Uh -huh. That's good. Thank you. Yeah. You can tell you're, you're, um, you're a pro at this, huh? So let's start. Okay. So basically... You, you opened up, or you have 800 locations of FitBody. Yes. Okay, when did you start? How did that whole process even begin? Yeah, yeah. So FitBody Bootcamp is a uh, fitness franchise. We're in uh, one, two, three, four, five countries currently, and about 800 locations, and we bring on board 10 to 15 new locations per month. And uh, the way it started was the economy crashed in 2008. Right. And so one-on-one -on -one personal training was really difficult because most people couldn't afford to pay 600 to 800 bucks a month for a trainer. And that's when I was coaching and consulting personal trainers to grow their businesses because years before that, I had built five gyms out, personal training studios, and sold them. So the first time I had an exit out of a business, I went to coaching and consulting trainers and the economy crashes. All of a sudden, I find myself losing coaching clients. These trainers who are paying me $1,500 a month are like, hey, I can't afford you anymore because my clients can't afford me. Right. 
And so I said, well, we've got to change the face of the fitness industry, what, what personal training looks like. And as you know, living in Southern California, a lot of boot camps happen outdoors yep. or at the beach. And I figured, well, that, you can't do that everywhere else because there's the weather, there's the snow, there's the rain, there's the darkness, there's the heat and the cold. You have to deal with seasons. You have seasons. <clears throat> you have seasons, yeah. unlike us here I, in California. Imagine that. I know. And so by 2009, I created this model where we do the outdoor boot camp indoors. And I didn't think it was going to work. So instead of just leasing a place for three to five years, signing a lease, I went into a gymnastics center and I said, hey, what time do the kids come to do gymnastics? They said, oh, you know, two o'clock, three o'clock. I said, I'll pay you $1,000 a month. And let me use it all morning. And so we all of a sudden started doing, we brought furniture sliders in because yeah. they've got the carpet bonded foam. 100%. Right? We brought some dumbbells in, battle ropes, et cetera. Before you know it, we had a legitimate boot camp indoors. And so by 2010, I licensed the model. By 2012, we became an official franchise. And over the last five years, we've hit the Inc. 5000 list and the Entrepreneur 500 fastest growing franchise list five years in a row. That's amazing. Yeah, so 800 plus locations worldwide now. Well, talk about being resourceful. I mean, you went into a space that was not being used in, and basically became, you created your business on off hours of someone yeah. else's, mm -hmm. on the legs of someone else's business, which is super important for people to understand that you need to be resourceful and, and have some grit when you're starting, when you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. Things are not always going to be, you know, rosy, obviously. No, that's the magical word, grit. You yeah. nailed it. Yeah, it's you got to right? have grit and resourcefulness. I think those are, those are two two qualities i think that really make make an entrepreneur like very successful that that's like the thing that like stands between someone who's like mediocre and goes above and beyond and becomes uber successful like you think the grit and the resourcefulness are what you need that's mm -hmm. my opinion are you were you born in canada yeah France? i was resourcefulness Resor i caught it oh because one of my business partners and many of my great clients are, are canadian oh really yeah yeah. How many locations do you have in Canada? 78. That's amazing. How and many I was just in Calgary yeah. uh, with uh, 21 of our locations. Do you have a location in Winnipeg? We do. You do? Yes. And he's a phenomenal guy. And uh, I forget his name off the top of my head. Once we got to four or 500 owners, like... I know. You can't right? remember everybody's but, uh, name. I, I understand. I do know that he's, he loves fitness, obviously. And uh, the thing we have in common is we both love jujitsu. Yeah. Oh, and I so love that's how that. we connected. Yeah. Oh, um, I didn't know that you do that. Also, I recently started and I fell in love with it. Yeah. I love that. Okay. And do you have any locations in Toronto? That's where I also live. For we many do. Years. All right. We do. And so, okay. So let's go. I want to ask you a bunch of questions here because you, you all, when I, when I was, when I was like kind of on social media one day, you kind of stumbled upon one of one of the things I was looking on. And I really loved your messages. I really loved that authenticity of what you say, and it really resonated. And I saw a lot of these things in your book too. So can you first tell everyone what the 5% rule is? Yeah, the 5% rule to me is something really important if you plan on being successful as an entrepreneur. I guess successful in anything you do. Right. Um, most of us tend to take on more than we can do. So as an entrepreneur, you might go, well, <clears throat> the marketing guy's not marketing right, so I'm gonna start doing some more of the marketing. And the sales guy's not selling right, so I'm gonna do the selling. You take on all these things, you're cleaning the restrooms, writing the checks, uh, paying payroll taxes and your quarterly taxes, all those things have to happen. You don't have to be the one doing it. Right. So in my mind, the 5% rule is this. My 5% is I work on the, the critical few, 
the things that are in my zone of genius that only I can do, that I'm the best at, my sales copy, the messaging. Like, I can't send one of my employees to get on this treadmill and, and do this right. interview, right? No, you can, but it wouldn't be the same. It just wouldn't be the same, right, exactly. Right, right. But everything else, I outsource. And so because of that, if we're both working 10 hours a day, you're doing, let's say, let's not say 100%, but you're doing 50%. You're, mm -hmm. doing, you're doing your own grocery shopping. You're cleaning your own house. I'm not doing grocery shopping. I'm not cleaning my house. I haven't been a dry cleaner for years. My cars just get washed. I don't even know how. They get gassed <laughs> up. They just do. And because of that, my 10 hours a day are spent in my zone of genius, moving the needle, the critical few, yeah. and the 95% are the trivial many that have to get done, but not by me. So you're basically based, you're saying that people should delegate 95% of their life. Delegate, if it, it, like I used to say for me back in the day, if I can get someone to do it for $20 an hour, then I need to delegate it. Like right, today, because, it would be if I can get someone to do it for $2,000 an hour, I would delegate it. Right, because that's feeding, that's eating into the time that you're not making your cap, you're, you're making the money that you make in that hour, right? Exactly. So you're, you know, basically net net, you're saving a ton more, 99% yeah. of the money. Yeah. So what do you do for people who don't have the budget mm -hmm. to delegate? What do you do? Like, what do people. So if you don't have the budget to delegate, you can still get one-off services, right? Mm -hmm. So here's a great example. Um, Marlon, she is our house manager. There's a light bulb that's burnt out. My wife does not come to me and go, hey, we need to change that light bulb. Marlon will see it and she'll do it. She does our laundry. She fills up our kitchen with stuff. Let's say you can't afford to hire a Marlon right now. That's okay. There's Grubhub. There's the, uh, sh the, the shopping cart one now. That Instacart? Instacart. Yeah. TaskRabbit. TaskRabbit. So you can hire for individual tasks. Yeah, it's true. And, and get things done. If you're going to go grocery shopping, just do Instacart and use that time to write another email promo or put up another post or record another podcast, things that only you can do. And let the Instacart person do the shopping for you and show up. Same with Grubhub. Not enough people are outsourcing. And so they find themselves, because then you add up the years and in 10 years, now I'm like, millions of miles ahead of you yeah. and you're not. And it's because you were actually shopping at a grocery store. You were doing civilian stuff. No, you know, it's funny that you say that because I'm like, a, I, I love grocery shopping and it's the biggest time suck, you know, because it's not really, I love to, I'm a, that's like one of the things I love. I'm obsessed with like picking out my own fruits and vegetables, sure. but the time that goes into that stuff, when you could be doing things that are much more basically optimize your time. It's interesting because I feel like, People do that. They 90% of people's time is spent doing the menial things that are taken away from their bottom line. Mm -hmm. And if people can actually like utilize, that's why all these things are out there, right? You have these Instacarts, you have all these apps. And like mat time management is one thing I think people have a lot of problems with. Yeah. Like me. Yeah. You know? So if they have that, how, so is there anything, so what is your 5%? Like what are the 5%, what is it that, what's under your purview? Delegate, motivate, sell. Like that's how well I know my 5%. Okay. I delegate as many things as I can. Okay. I motivate my team and my business partners to do the things they're supposed to do. Right. And then I sell. I'm selling right now. I'm selling a message. I'm selling the message of the 5% rule that more people should do this so they can have abundance. They can make more money. They can have more impact, more significant. You can buy back the time and spend with your, with your spouse and with your kids, right? Yeah. So I'm selling. I delegate, motivate, sell. That's my 5%. Outside of that, a light bulb has to be changed. A wall has to be taken down. Uh, city permits need to be signed. I don't care. Someone right. else go do it. It's true. And then I guess also knowing someone's like knowing, being self-aware, right? Knowing what you're good at. Yes. And then basically capitalizing and maximizing that stuff 
and then also knowing what you're bad at. Mm -hmm. to make and, sure. and that's the zone of genius, yeah. right? Because we all have a zone of genius. It's when I operate out of my zone of genius, I actually am more inefficient. I get stressed out and then that leads to depression. And then so when I'm true. depressed, I eat my emotions. I'm yes. a fat kid, which is the only reason I'm in the fitness industry yeah. is because I'm a fat kid. I think a lot of people though were, you know, I think a lot of, yeah, a lot of reason why a lot of people are in the health Did and the fitness. Did you just stop? Yeah, because I was just listening to you for a second. I only stopped for a second so I can really- Can I stop? No, you cannot stop. Good. Okay, then get I'm back going. on again. Then get going. Wait, fine. I'm sorry, sorry. I forgot who I was dealing with, a fitness guy, another sorry. fitness dude. So what I was going to say before you interrupted my, my stroll here, was that I think a lot of people who enter the like the fitness space or in the in the nutrition space because they have like some kind of like neuroses or psychological mm -hmm. issue with food, with body, with exercise. So like you just said, you were a fat kid. Yeah. And so this was a way to kind of discipline you. It is, yeah. exactly. And I found that when I'm operating in my zone of genius, right. I'm least amount of stressed, least amount of depressed, and unlikely to eat my emotions. Yeah. And so I just need to stay in my zone of genius and delegate everything else. That's true. But how did you figure that out? Uh, over time. Trial and error. You know, like in your, in your 20s, you're just a wreck and you don't know why. You're emotional. Your emotions run your mind and your mind then goes into an OODA loop. Then after I realized in my 30s, having all these string of anxiety attacks, which I talk about in my book, uh, well, the first anxiety attack I had was so big, so crippling. I thought I, I was 37 and having a heart attack. And when I went to a doctor, wow. and he's like, that was not a heart attack. It was an anxiety attack. You're obviously stressed out. I'm like, if you only knew. Right. And that's when I started to become more self-aware. What am I doing that's causing this anxiety attack that said, that where the doctor said, the next one could be a heart attack? And I realized I'm doing all these things. I, I'm the bottleneck in my business. I was taking on so much on my plate. Right. And at the end of the day, you have to neglect someone. If you're taking on a lot of things, who do you neglect? Well, in my case, I was neglecting my kids. I was neglecting my wife. Mm -hmm. I was neglecting my fitness. I'd gained about 30 pounds again, right? Wow. And so now I feel like an imposter. I'm the founder and CEO of Fit Body Bootcamp, but I'm an imposter. So every video I was taking was just from the chin up because I didn't want you to see everything else, right? And so wow. when you feel like an imposter, how authentic are you really in selling your product? You're not. Right. And so I realized I need to cut away stuff and just do what I'm good at. And as soon as I did that, I was like, Oh wow, it's about 5%. I cut away 95% of the things. And that's when I started calling this the 595 rule and it just kind of stuck. Right. And then you, what did you call that genius? What's that? Zone of genius. The zone of yeah. genius. Also, I think that morning routine and having structure is yeah. super important for that stuff, right? Because yeah. you and I say very similar things, but we just say it in different ways. But I do think that when you have as much stuff on autopilot as possible that you don't have to think of, it, make, it, it clears your brain with space and room to focus on the things that you're good at, that you need to work on, whatever else, exactly. right? And so what it, So you're super big on your morning routine, yeah. like me. What is your morning routine? So typically my morning routine starts the night before. And it starts the night before because I know that Mark Zuckerberg and his team of amazing programmers are doing everything they can to get us to get screen sucking first thing in the morning, mm -hmm. off Instagram, off Facebook, etc. And so it starts the night before because I make a list. I just call it my GSD list, get shit done list. Three to five <laughs> things yeah. on my iPhone that I list off that I'm gonna wake up and do within the first two hours. And these are all things in my 5%. So now that I have that, and I always put the hardest thing on top of there. So it could be a conversation that I gotta have with someone. Right. It's just uh, not the prettiest conversation, but we gotta have it. It could be thinking up a new marketing campaign for our franchise system worldwide, right? On my marker board, where it's just mm -hmm. me and for two hours on that marker board. But I always put the hardest thing first and then the rest of the stuff. Now I've done two things. I've done a brain dump 
which means my brain's not going to be working in the middle of the night, keeping me awake. Mm -hmm. And number two, I know when I wake up, I'm working off my GSD list and not off of Instagram because nothing irritates me more than when people go, I'm in bed and I'm just checking in on Instagram. Are you Mark Zuckerberg? You're not. He needs to be checking in to see if Instagram is up, if it's working, if the features are flawless. You and I need to be working on our business. Yeah. When was the last time you got up and said you're checking on Fit Body Bootcamp or whatever your business is? So for me, I get up out of bed, drink my 30 ounces of water immediately. Me too. Like, okay, wait, so you drink a big thing of water when you wake up? Yeah, I literally have it on my nightstand. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. me too. You know who Sean Stevenson is? No, who's that? You, I'll introduce you to him. You got to have him on your show. He wrote a book called Sleep Smarter. And okay. it became a New York Times bestseller. Great guy, brilliant dude. Researcher. What was his book called? Sleep Smarter? Sleep Smarter. Okay. Let me sure write that down, please. And so <laughs> Sean, Sean's, a, Sean's a friend, and I'm like, hey, Sean, uh, to optimize my sleep, what do I need? He goes, well, you're dehydrated all night. And so, or to optimize my date, what do I need? He goes, you're dehydrating all night by exhaling. You're going to need at least 30 ounces of water. I'm like, oh, crap. I was drinking 15 ounces in the morning. I was kind of sipping it throughout the first couple hours, right? And he goes, yeah, yeah, 30 ounces. So I just have 30 ounces sitting there. I love smart people. Because I go, just tell me what to do, Jen, and I'll do it if that's your zone of genius. And for him, that's his zone that's of genius. That's his zone of genius. And so 30 ounces of water, chug a lug within the first two or three minutes as I look over my list, go in the shower, come out, coffee, protein shake with oatmeal, and then I sit on my couch with my laptop, phone, all notifications off, turned upside down, and pushed away from me. Why? Because I'm human. I'm tempted. I don't want to see it blink. Because I will reach for it. I want it to be far away. So when my instincts go reach for it, eh, it's too far away. I'm on the thing with the, I'm on the couch with my laptop. Right. And I've already got the list of the five things I'm going to do in my head. And I just start plugging away for those two hours. Wait, so what time do you wake up in the morning? Between 5.30 and 6. My alarm is always set for 6 a.m. Okay. But when I get up, if it's 5.45, I just pop out of bed. Right. And you I don't got just that. sit there and like wait or No, yeah. And I, I used to. And then Tom Bilyeu. A friend of mine, he had a founder of Questbar. Yes, he was on this podcast. Well, there you go. And so was his wife. There you go, Lisa. Great, great. I humans. love Lisa. Lisa's my friend. And uh, Tom says, if I wake up, if it's past 3 a.m., see, I love having rules because mm -hmm. I'm a reckless human by nature. So if I don't have rules, I will just go self destruct. Mm -hmm. That's why so, structure and routine is mm. so important. And so Tom said to me, he said, hey, look, I wake up, if I wake up and it's 3 a.m. or later and I can't go to sleep after 10 minutes, I just pop out of bed. I'm like, well, shit, good enough for him. It's good enough for me. Just like Sean Stevenson. Sean knows about sleep and optimizing your day. He says, drink 30 ounces of water. I'm going to. So now if I wake up and it's after 5 a.m., yeah. but before 6, when my alarm goes off, just get up. Just get up. Because the interrupted sleep I'm going to get by trying to put myself into REM and then bringing myself back out, forget it. Uh, and then that should lead to us not hitting the snooze button. I know. Don't worry. I have, I have it written down. I'm, I'm a step ahead of you. Don't worry. <laughs> we, because I'm a big believer in that. Can I talk about that now or do you want to wait? Well, wait. I want to finish your... I'm sure. going to write this down. and I'm going to bold it and highlight good. it. Okay? Snooze button. Okay? Good. I want you to finish your routine. So what I think is really good there is that you turn off all the notifications... Right, yeah. you push it away from you. Yeah. You have three things that you wrote down the night before that you get what you get done, get shit done list. Mm -hmm. um, and those are the three things that you concentrate in the morning. Do you yeah. work out in the morning? What else would you yeah. eat? Yeah, so typically by 6 a.m., uh, let's say I'm up at 6 a.m. because uh, I slept all the way to my alarm going off. Um, so by 6.45, I'm on the couch okay. working. By 9.30, I'm heading to the gym. I'll work out for 45 minutes to an hour. Mm -hmm. Well, it's really 45 minutes in the mobility. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'll head to our headquarters, Fit Body Bootcamp headquarters, where I'll shower, change into my regular street clothes, and then start serving my team. Okay, so, but before you work out, you're doing those three things that you wrote down? Yes. Got it. 
And then, so you don't allow yourself to be on email. You don't allow yourself to do any of that. So what are typically, besides like a bad, you're not going to be calling someone at 6 a.m. if you have a bad conversation to have. So what are the, what's typically on that list? So uh, let's go through this morning, okay. for example. I, uh, we're having an event in Dallas, Texas, November 16th, where Fit Body Bootcamp sponsors this event all over the country. We take veterans who come out of the military. They want to become entrepreneurs. Okay. I will mentor them, coach them for free. They just need to show up to the location. That's, oh, that's it, nice. right? It's called yeah. Operation Opportunities. My way of giving back to this great country. And so that was on the list to promote. And so I literally take my iPhone. In this case, I did have my iPhone. I made the video, not in my Instagram, but made it in the video, the video right? Yeah. And then saved it so that at nine o'clock, when I actually dive into my phone, I can go onto Instagram and post that in my stories. Makes sense. And so that was one of the things. The other one was to write, to re- to write and review an addendum for a franchisee who's buying seven locations. So our franchise attorneys, yeah. you know, so when a new franchisee comes on board, they're buying seven locations. They're going to open that up over a two-year period. But this person wanted two and a half years because of where they live, its population density, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so I just reviewed that agreement and then had our attorney sign off on it. So at the end of the day, I, that's something in my 5%. Okay. Um, and the third thing was, actually there was four today. The, the third thing was to write an email broadcast promoting uh, Man Up Tribe, this new thing that I launched where I text, I send you a voice text every day uh, for $9 a month. And so who's going to write a better promo email than me? So I sent, I wrote that and then I sent it to Sean who works at our headquarters, who will send it out to my list of 108,000 people, right? Who follow me. So then basically you're, you're basically sending people like a positive message in the text. What's, what's the text messaging yeah, it's, program? It's basically business development, lifestyle development, okay. and being a better human, right? So okay. the text message is a one minute audio message to help you dominate in business and in life is how we position it. And then someone pays $9 a month for mm-hmm. that. And every day you get a coaching voicemail from me just like that. Just like that. Yeah. So what's the difference between that and just going on Instagram and watching one of your stories or your, you know, whatever, one of your videos? Good question. I want you to go on YouTube and then see this video. Then I want you to go on Instagram and then see the one minute version of this. Uh Then I want you to go on Facebook and to see the seven minute version of this. Then I want you to get a voice shot of some things we talked about via text. Then I want you to get an email from me that kind of summarizes what we did here and why we did it with the link to go buy something from me because I want to be omnipresent. And so I want you on all my platforms, text, email, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, because what happens when one of the platforms go away? Facebook, for example, has shut my account three times, three times, even though we spent a quarter million dollars a month with them. You spent a quarter million yeah. dollars a month on Facebook yeah. just for just digital ads. For buying traffic. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Digital ads. And so when they shut that down, I want to know that I can still hit send and make money via email. I can hit, or someone in my office can hit send. I don't even know what platform we use, but you know, really thousands smart. of people get a voice shot from me. And so if I'm delivering an awesome voice message to you seven days a week, do I, did I win the, for nine bucks, 33 cents, did I win the right then to maybe on the ninth day, mm-hmm. 10th day, go, hey, Jen, I'm having this event. You ought to consider coming out to it. Here's the link to it via text. I mean, it comes right to your phone. Zero interruption. I'm not competing against other thought leaders on Instagram. It comes right to your phone as a text, right? That's smart. And and so not enough people are doing that. They're either overselling or giving too much, way too much content without selling. So they're either broke 
or their list or followers are unresponsive because every time I follow, I follow you or open up an email, you're trying to promote. Well, I think the biggest thing I got from that is that you're so diluted everywhere else right now. Yeah. You're diluted on Instagram, you're diluted in Facebook, and for someone who has a business or a message or what you said, thought leaders, whatever, that's like a, a medium that people really aren't oversaturating yet. I yeah. mean, the people are doing it, but not as much. Right. So that's a really good piece of advice for people who want to stand like stand apart a little bit or kind of, you know, gain maybe some momentum otherwise that they would actually do on social media. Yeah. And like that, I like that omnipresent because I also think that people don't, they have to hear something and see something over and over and over again yeah. to penetrate. Yeah. You ever hear that thing where it's a... I like that. Like a, maybe your favorite band comes out with a song and yeah, you're like, oh, they really screwed the pooch with this one. Yeah, like and, then this. You, <clears throat> and then again, you hear it. Then again, before you know it, you're like, this is now my favorite song. 100%. What happened? Some part of your brain decided to fall in love with it. And I noticed that as humans were that way. At first, the first time I see your content, I'm going to have my arms crossed and leaning back. Uh, metaphorically. Like, right now. like now, right? <laughs> and, and maybe the second time I lean in and I'm like, you know, she's making a lot of sense. The third time I'm like, you know what? I need to buy her book. The fourth right. time... Maybe I got to get coaching from her. Yeah, and I think what you do really well um, is that, like, you you're very good with the building of a message and a brand through email marketing. We talked about through the digital ads, you know, and the funnels. I think that's like a huge business that people don't understand. That a lot of these people on Instagram, who are huge, huge thought leaders, that's what they do to kind of like really build an audience. It's yeah. not just like creating content on one medium like Instagram, but it's like being very strategic in how you do it. Like, can you talk a little bit about the email marketing and about the funnels Sure. and give, give some insight? So, uh, one of my coaching clients, I can talk about this guy because he's okay with me talking about him, but I happen to coach like Super Bowl champions and New York Times bestselling authors. Well, tell us some and- people. Um, it can't be so vague. Because okay, well, this guy, his name is Devin Physique. He's got 1.7 million followers. He's like one of the top fitness guys on the planet. Makes a ton of money. But he realized that Instagram is showing his posts to less and less people, even though he's got 1.7 million followers and they're pretty responsive. And so he ponied up the $50,000 to become a coaching client with me for a year, one-on-one private coaching. We need to talk about the masterminds too. Yeah. Okay. And, and so the first thing we did was I said, Devin, how big is your email list? Like, oh, I don't have an email list. How come? Well, I've got 1.7 million followers. I go, no, you don't. Instagram has 1.7 million followers under your name. And if they decide to neuter how many people they show your ads to or your posts to, if they decide to shut your account down, you now have lost your ATM machine. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, crap, you're right. What do I do? Well, we need to create a website that has a free offer, like the best fitness tips from Devin Physique, uh, absolutely free. Swipe up. Give us your email address and get the free report. And so all of a sudden he added like 42,000 people on his email list over a three-day period when he did that. Now he can stay connected to these people even if Instagram goes away, right? Right. And so not enough people realize that you could literally email people three, four, five times a week as you put up your daily post or two mm-hmm. and then get the people who have emailed you, giving you their email address and go, give me your phone number. Give me your phone number. I'm going to send you a motivational and mindset text message every single day. You can stop it whenever you want. Now you're reaching to them at a different level. Mm -hmm. And if I keep coming to you and adding more value to your life than anyone else in the same industry that I'm in, ultimately when you're ready to spend money, you'll spend that money with me. And it doesn't matter if it's supplements or if it's book sales or drinks or whatever. So 
when you have 1.6 million people, that sounds like something that's doable. When you're someone who doesn't, let's say you have like, you're okay. Yes, you have like 10,000 followers, 5,000, sure. even 50,000. You know, we're talking a different, like a different amount of penetration. So how do, how do you do that? Like how, do, how does someone build up an email list, um, do these funnels and kind of really get an audience? Like I know we were talking about this earlier, how when you, when you do those digital spends, you're being very targeted on the market, the, the, the customer or the, or the user that you want, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what if someone doesn't, like they're, they're, they're not there yet? Sure. All right, so let's talk about another one of those famous clients, uh, okay. Steve Weatherford. Okay. He was, uh, oh, he, yes, Steve Weatherford. Yeah. Yep. So he played for the Giants. He's one of my coaching clients, uh, Super Bowl champion. And he, after a decade in the NFL, he comes out of the NFL and he has his Instagram account and he just posts awesome pictures of himself working out, etc. Mm-hmm. And then he creates this web page with a product called Armageddon, because I don't know if you know this about Steve Weatherford. It's actually a really cool story. He was a really, he's a really tall dude. And so in the NFL, and I don't follow football, but uh, he's like, dude, did you know why I created Armageddon? I have no idea, Steve. And honestly, I don't care. We're just, I'm going to teach you how to make millions from it. And so he goes, well, let's pull up some YouTube videos of me as a kicker or a punter. Sorry. There's a difference between a kicker and a punter, apparently. And uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't know this. He's, he wears under his football jersey, a white long sleeve compression shirt. He goes, do you know why I wore that? I go, no. He goes, I was embarrassed about my arms. I mean, here I am one of the best punters on the planet, Super Bowl champion, but I was embarrassed about the size of my arms because I'm long and gangly. I go, so then what happened? He goes, well, I, after the NFL, I decided to just grow my arms. It was like my deficiency, and I was able to grow them. And now I want to help other people. So I got this Instagram following of, at the time, like 40,000, 50,000 people. So it's okay. not 1.7 like Devin. Right. Uh, but they know me as a punter, and I've got a webpage where I'm selling this digital course for $29 called Armageddon. No one's buying it. And so, of course, we'll send me the link to the page. Let's see. And I look, and it's just a picture of him with his arms and maybe a couple sentences and a buy now button. And for fun, I bought it and there was no upsells. There was nothing, no other value, no money extraction in exchange for value. And I said, I'm glad you really paid me this money because I'm going to help you. So first things first, we're not just going to have a picture of your product, you in Speedos posing your biceps and a buy now button. That's not going to work. We need to really stir people's emotions. And so why don't you tell the story about the white compression shirt? Why don't you tell the story how embarrassed you were, even though you're a Super Bowl champion? So it ended up being really good long form copy. Right? right? You've gone to those web pages where you're scrolling and you're scrolling and people always tell me, who reads this stuff? I go, you do, dummy, because you buy the shit that we write. Right, right, right. And so that's important. You ever get junk mail? Doesn't everybody? Right? And if you actually open it, it's four or five pages of written words before it makes you an offer. That's long form sales copy. Yeah. And so most people think I can just post a picture of myself and my book and then the buy now button and off it goes. So really what we did is we started to systematically start telling his story. One, build a bond on Instagram with the audience. Not just, hey, I'm a superhero and I was a super, uh, super Bowl champion, but I had a deficiency and it was an insecurity for me. And I wore these long compression shirts to hide my arms. Finally, I stumbled upon the solution. If you're a guy or a gal and have, has this deficiency, I really want you to think about getting on my email list where I give you free tips on how to grow your arms. So we move people from Instagram, not to his ebook, but to his email list. Mm -hmm. On his email list, we would give tips here and there, add value, he would tell longer stories, but have launching an ebook, when it comes out, if you're interested, let me know. And people would reply back, yes, I'm interested. 
And with that, there's commitment and consistency. If you commit to the idea of, yes, I'm interested in having nicer arms, mm -hmm. then when I have the product, you're going to be consistent and buy it. And so we created it's a psychological trigger called commitment and consistency. And so we created that. Now we wrote nice long sales copy that actually and it follows a process. Ida, attention, we get their attention, we get their interest, desire, and action, a call to action. Like, hey, buy this now. Um, the price goes up in whatever, 10 days, you, you've, you've seen it. Mm -hmm. And then when you buy it, it'll say, well, do you want the follow along workouts? Instead of just reading the ebook for $19 more, you can get the follow along workouts. By the way, I've got fat burning uh, pills or carb blockers or uh, this, this BCAA you can take. That's the second upsell. The third upsell is, hey, do you want to join the, the Weatherford Club? You can be part of the Weatherford Club and pay $14 a month and be part of my private community on Facebook and a private Facebook group. All of a sudden, we created continuity for him, recurring income. Now that he's telling a story, he's got an email list. Now he's got three, 400,000 followers because he's buying traffic and growing his followers, turning those followers into dollars. But there's a guy who had no, otherwise had no expertise in the fitness industry other than he can kick a ball. Right, right, but that right, did right. not qualify him to, to sell me muscle building stuff. And also a business. I mean, like to build a whole yeah. business, like an e-commerce business, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But, but where do you get the, I mean, that costs, like to buy, to, to buy traffic, yeah. to buy ads, to do these funnels, to do these email. I mean, not only is it time, it's very time intensive, it's expensive. Like this is not cheap, yeah. right? So where do people, how do people like to start with, you know, where do you even start? That magical word you said earlier. Grit. Grit. And, and the resourcefulness. One Boom. Resourcefulness. Right. But what's the budget? Like, what, what's the budget that Free. people... Okay. Free. Free. Okay. Because these amazing Woodway treadmills. <laughs> let's say, let's say just for fun, yeah. I'm going to post this up here and show that how I'm going to use this to do interval training. So I'm going to sprint for a minute and then bring my heart rate down for 30 seconds. Sprint for a minute, bring my heart rate oh, down do for 30 right seconds. Now. No, we're not. And then I'm going to have you hold the, hold the phone as it's recording and I'm going to do push-ups off the end of the treadmill. And then I'm going to do body weight squats, prisoner squats. And so now I created a whole follow-along workout on the old Woodway treadmill, mm -hmm. right? And I didn't need a videographer. It's all on here. Yeah. I'm going to use iMovies to edit it. Now I'm going to put it on a web page, but I don't have a web developer. So I'm just going to go to wordpress.com because it's free mm -hmm. and password protected because that's free too. It's okay. called a, uh, a member. Right. It's a plugin for a uh, WordPress. Now I've got a password protected follow along workout on a website where I can sell. But gosh, I don't have the money to get a shopping cart. Oh, you don't have to. PayPal, PayPal is free. They just charge you 2.8% of the $39 you're going to charge for the follow along workout. You with me so far? I'm, I'm following every How second. much have we spent so far? Let's do the math. Um, very zero. Almost zero. zero. Yes. Yeah, I think zero. zero. You spent your time, but otherwise yeah. it's zero. Yeah, you wrote crappy copy. One out of every 200 people are going to buy. But so buy. far, all you've really done is create a workout. Yes. Right. More from our guest, but first a few words from our sponsor. So everybody loves payday, but loving a payroll provider? Yeah, that could be a little weird. Still, small businesses across the country love running payroll with Gusto. Gusto automatically files and pays your taxes. It's super easy to use, and you can add benefits and management tools to help take care of your team and keep your business safe. You can sign, store, and organize employee documents all online. And you can choose from hundreds of benefit plans to fit nearly any budget. Plus, listeners get three months free when they run their first payroll. So if you want a better payroll in 2020, now is the time to start. 
Try a demo and test it out at gusto.com slash hustle. That's gusto.com slash hustle for three months free when you run your first payroll. And now to our next sponsor. So the one thing I love about my Apple Watch is how easy it is to make my daily routine. And now I can incorporate my Apple Watch with my new fitness regimen. I downloaded Future, which is a great fitness app, guys. I downloaded it because I really wanted to mix up my routine and take my fitness to the next level. And Future pairs you up with one of their world-class trainers, and they personalize a workout plan tailored specifically for your schedule, your routine, and your exact goals. When you sign up, you take a quiz, and then they, they put you with the proper trainer and the right program to align with those goals exactly. It's really easy, and it's super, super convenient. So you don't even need to go to the gym. So with my trainer, Jacob, who by the way is amazing, and I speak to him, I FaceTime with him, we text all the time. He creates programs for me at home. So you don't even need equipment. They are that good at tailoring your exact needs. And there's absolutely no reason to overpay for a trainer. And now if you don't have your own Apple Watch, the best part is Future will send you an Apple Watch for free to rent and use while using the app. How great is that, right? So if you want to sign up for Future today, go to tryfuture.com slash hustle and get 50% off your first month. That's tryfuture.com slash hustle for 50% off your first month. Now you go on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, and you create Treadmill workouts, how to do treadmill workouts, how to burn fat using a treadmill at home, how to build your legs using a treadmill at home, because obviously it's a home treadmill, right? That we no, have. Actually, here. this is not a home treadmill. Well, this it's is an commercial. industrial commercial, yeah, right? Okay. But in this particular yes, case, if we're going to sell to Mrs. Jones, it's going to be a home treadmill workout. I, I get what you're saying. I mean, listen, I understand what you're saying. You could be super resourceful. And then you find the audience. You you find it, but it's a diluted, okay, we're just, it's a, everything's very diluted. Not to be like, you know, Debbie down in here, but it's super diluted mm-hmm. and it's really hard. Like, I think a lot of people, people um, who come on or whatever, they're like, yeah, you just do this, this, and this. Yeah, but all that, this and that, and this, this, and this, it's extremely time-consuming, and you have to be super committed to the process. Like, I think a lot okay. of people, I know I'm saying, what people don't realize is that if they don't see the results right away, keep going. Then, right, they just give up. Yeah. But the reality, it's like, it's really like just like staying with it and just kind of keep at it yeah. because. That those are the, that's what actually makes a difference, right? Yeah. Losers quit, winners don't. That's really the difference. Right. And so it's a, it becomes, yeah. that's what it really does become, yeah. right? Yeah. Because if you do make enough how-to videos on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, the algorithm of those things are so powerful, they will find the right audience right. and start showing it. One out of every 100 people starts buying your ebook. Now you use that that's money true. not to go buy Blingage or a Rolls Royce, but to, <laughs> to buy more traffic. Now you're spending money to buy traffic, right? Yep. And so it's a slow growth, but who cares? Who cares? And as Tom Bilyeu always says... You really love the, this Tom Bilyeu. I do. I'm a big fan of Tom. <laughs> I uh, am too. I think yeah. he's amazing. Um, <laughs> you know, he's got this saying where he says, there's always room for the best at the top. And I believe that because if your product is good, it doesn't matter how saturated or diluted the market is, you will climb to the top. Yeah. Look or how many, cream always finds this level. It's another way of saying it. Yeah. You know? In every industry, there's always room at the top. But we, we as people sabotage ourselves. 100%. Right? Um, 
And you talk about that a little bit in your book too. You know, what's this, what is the surest way you say to sabotage yourself? The surest way that, <laughs> the surest way to sabotage yourself is to break that most important promise that you made to yourself for the morning, right? Cause think about this. I promised you I was going to get back to it. Yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> so every night we make a promise to ourselves. We go, Hey, I'm going to set my wake up time on my iPhone or whatever your alarm clock. And you're really promising yourself, I'm going to wake up and dominate my day and live my purpose, etc. And then that alarm goes off and then you hit snooze. The snooze button is the kiss of death because to most people, well, it's harmless. I just hit the snooze button. I got 15 more minutes of, right. of sleep. No, what you really did by hitting that snooze button is you told your subconscious mind, which is a very powerful platform, that I will take 15 more minutes of interrupted sleep over getting up and dominating my day. And so moving forward all day long, you are literally doing things to sabotage yourself because you have chosen sleep over domination and there's no way you'll win. And so do you think that's like, that's good. Do you think that's a sub, do you think subconsciously when we do that, that's what happens because we, we didn't choose ourselves. We, we, we picked that, that we picked that snooze button over ourselves, so to speak. Sure. And so we go through the day subconsciously, like kind of not putting our best foot forward. Is it, is it hard? Is it, is it hard to put your best foot forward when you're lacking confidence? Of course it is. And confidence is making a promise and keeping that promise. And so if you make a promise to yourself and you break it, well, you lost confidence in yourself. Mm -hmm. So you go, uh, I'm not going to take that risk. I'm not going to make that call to Jen for the 10th time and see if she'll put me on her podcast, right? If I did keep that promise, I might just have enough confidence to make that 10th, 11th, 12th, 5,000th call until you pick up your phone because I'm a honey badger and I won't stop until I get what I want. I <laughs> a honey badger. Have you seen that honey badger video on YouTube? No, but that's actually very yeah. funny. I'm going to go watch it. Honey yeah. badger? Yeah. So okay. this is little, little, little honey badger animal who's got a sharp little snout. It looks like an anteater and the little fucker just fights a rattlesnake and you would think like the rattlesnake's going to kill it and he just destroys his thing. He just gets what he wants. The honey badger. I love that. Well, I, I'm a big believer in that. I think that a lot of it is attrition. Really. It's not about being uh, better. It's about the fact that people who are relentless, who don't give up, who stay at it and, and keep mm -hmm. on trying are the win the ones who end up winning the race at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. So that, I think that first sign of pressing that snooze is you giving up on that, yeah. giving up on yourself a yeah. little bit. And right? it's so sad, right? When you, when you think about that, it's so sad because you have an idea for a product or a service or mm -hmm. a supplement that could literally be the solution to that guy or gal who cries himself to sleep every night, whether it's a, mm -hmm. I need more energy or my metabolism is broken, or I want to be able to burn more fat. Okay. I've got this amazing idea for a treadmill that's unlike any other treadmill, but I hit the snooze button and I lost confidence and I'm going to self-sabotage. In the meantime, this person's going to cry themselves to sleep. How unfortunate. I mean, yeah, that's like, how I see it. You're, yeah, yeah. Like you're basically like starting from like the, 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 the crumb and then you're basically building it to what, what that, what that means, what it symbolizes yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. So what are some of your non-negotiables? Ooh, Besides, non of course, not pressing oops, the snooze button. Yeah. So non-negotiables for me are what are the things that are just I, I'm, I will never do. Um, I will not pick up the phone when someone calls and it's not scheduled. Whether, really? Yeah. Period. So wait a second. So do you use do you know that thing candle lily? Do you know what that is? I have no idea what that oh, is. Oh, okay. It's a it's basically one of those things where you can like people can schedule their every phone call, every meeting. Oh, Calendy. What do you call it? Calendy. Calendy. I yeah, call, we, I call we do it? use Calendy for like. <laughs> Candle lily, I've never used, but it sounds amazing. I would ask, it sounds delicious, doesn't it? I'll have two servings of candle lily, please. It? 
Calendy. Calendy. Yeah. Why do I call it Calendy? Just say it was your Canadian accent. No one's going to know. <laughs> Resourceful. I love that. Um, exactly. But, but I no, meant I, that. I meant what you so, said. So Joan, uh, Ed's, Ed's wife, who's also my assistant, Joan has my, my Google Calendar. And okay. she will put in all my calls. And it's all batch process. All my calls happen during a certain day at a certain time, like in a two-hour, three-hour Oh, hour you window. do the batching. Mm -hmm. That's a Tim Ferriss thing. Yeah. And okay. that's such an important thing, right? Yeah. Because you don't want to mentally shift gears. And so what if someone calls, a non-negotiable, if someone calls, they're not supposed to call right now, I'm not picking up. So everything, okay, so, you, so you're super structured. That's like Very how, much yeah. So. yeah. I, look, that's what I, that's what Can it I sounds like. Can I ask you a question? Like, yeah. What is your opinion on the term, on the words control freak? What's my, I think sometimes you need to, some people need to be control freaks to manage their life. Yeah. Well, and to like, uh, so people have triggers and people have things that like that they're very easily distracted by. So I'm actually a control freak because I ha not because I love it, but because I have to be so I can manage my life a certain way. Right. So things kind of people are like, oh, you're so regimented. Well, I kind of have to be yeah. in order to be that way. So my opinion is like sometimes it's kind of par for the course. And so I found exactly what you said, okay. that if I'm a control freak, mm -hmm. I'm more likely to produce the outcome that I want. So I control my health. How? I schedule my workouts in. It's between 9 and 9.30 and I go do it. Uh, my daily schedule is controlled by a calendar, Google Calendar. I schedule everything. I control my wife. I control my kids. How I do you control your wife? Good question. I was hoping you would say that. That's why I threw <laughs> that out there for you. By when, I'm, when I'm away, I send her little voice messages with pictures like the video. Hey, honey, I miss you and the kids. I hope you guys are watching Survivor. Go Jeff Probst. He's the host of Survivor. Yes, I know. And we, <laughs> and we, we love Jeff Probst. And by doing that, I know that she's at home taking care of the kids and she thinks that I'm out dominating the world. And if I don't send a little lovey text message, guess what might happen? I might get home and she might be a little huffy and puffy with me. And all the husbands or the wives, depending on who's hitting the road and who's staying behind, like you owe it to your spouse to do that. Because if you don't, guess what's going to happen? You're not going to have the outcome that you want. So I can control her response by sending her flowers, making sure she has a beautiful car, making sure that we have Marlon at home to be the house manager, sending her little lovey-dovey text messages to know that I'm thinking of her. And by doing that, I know exactly how she's going to greet me when I get home and I control the outcome. And I do that with everybody and everything in my life. I'm a control freak. I love it. That actually is a great, that's a great answer. And it makes perfect sense, by the way. Right. It's kind of what I saw earlier when I was talking to you about every action has a reaction. Every inaction yeah. also has an action. Yeah. And, and the inactions have the worst reactions. Right. Right. Because if you take an action and you did the best you can to take that action, you're like, right. okay, I, I weighed the pros and cons and I took this action. There might be a 50-50 chance that you took the right action. Right. And there also might be a 50% chance that you didn't. But right. the moment you find out you didn't, you just course correct and go back to the other option. Right. If it's inaction where you know you need to do something but you don't, 99% of the time, circumstances will make the decision for you and it's always against you. Mm -hmm. In other words, inaction will lead to you lose every opportunity. Like, well, should I market on Facebook or Instagram? Should I do an email list or start a podcast? Um, I don't know. Instead of picking one, people hand ring, hand ring, hand ring, and they just take inaction soon. Email open rates drop, podcasts are saturated, 
now you've got nowhere to go. Right. Now you're a nobody working at a Starbucks serving up drinks at the age of whatever, right? Right, because I think what you're saying is exactly the inaction because you never regret what you've tried at least. No. You always regret what you didn't that you did, what you didn't do. Exactly. What you didn't say. Yeah. You know, yeah, you, actually that's not true. You can sometimes regret you can regret what you say too. That can happen sure. sometimes. Sure. Lord knows we all have those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, the people never regret trying is right. basically the point that I'm trying to make. Yeah. So Okay, so the non-negotiables. Did we talk about the non-negotiables? We did. So one of them was I won't pick up the phone if it doesn't if if someone's calling in. Right. It's not was, the time that what I, was won't, the other I won't ones? go to the dry cleaner. I won't go to the car mechanic. I won't. There's just all the list of things that I won't do no matter what. If you were like, hey, Beatrice, I will shoot you in the head if in the end of an hour you haven't cleaned the toilets. I will spend 59 minutes trying to figure out who I can talk into cleaning the toilets. Right. So basically, your non-negotiables are very much kind of connected to your 5% rule. Absolutely. So you basically, you are non, you don't negotiate on anything that's otherwise in your 5%. Nothing, like if, if the moment someone starts gossiping around me, mental check made. We're yeah. not friends. That's a non-negotiable, we're not so, friends. Because then when I'm not around, you're gossiping about me to someone else. That's true. It's a non-negotiable to me. So that's a non-negotiable. How about permission? You say permission to? Everyone is looking for permission. So get this. I believe we all, we're like, we're like race cars. Like your body, your mind, your spirit is like a race car. And I can prove that to you because when we're born as little children, we're curious, we're fast, right? And then we fall and we reach for things and we grab them. And what do parents do? Hey, slow down, be careful, watch out. Don't grab that, be nice. And so soon they neuter us from these like <laughs> race cars or fighter jets into crop dusters, ah. right? And most people feel, that, and then mom and dad, what do we do? We, we've learned to look for them for permission. We grow up and we become adults. It's not like the permission button goes away. Right. So we're still looking for permission from people, approval, validation to be, is it okay to do this? Are you sure I have the right to do this? Is it okay? Just do it. Like no one needs to give you permission. And so in my book, on the, ver the very last page, the way my book ends is I give you permission to take action on all the things that you want to take action for right. in your life that you've been waiting for permission from others. Like, what, what for? So it's like a race car driving around with a flat tire. You're not going to get the full experience from that race car, that Ferrari, that Lamborghini, unless it has air in all the tires, the emergency brake is fully down and not just halfway down. So most people live through life with a flat tire, with the e-brake slightly pulled up. Um, you know, maybe one of the cylinders is not working in the car. My point is all those things are, I'm just looking for permission from someone because I don't want to offend someone. I need their approval. I don't want to be mean. You don't have to be mean. Just go do your thing. Right. So not like worry about what other people think or how it's going to affect. Just yeah. kind of go full force, basically. That's it. You only have 100 years on this planet if you do your job right. Well, 100 years is even a lot. But I mean, you, you, okay, but 100 years. Yeah. I'd be happy to live till 90 but or 85. I, 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 I will live to 100 of sound mind and able body. You think so? I know so. How do you know so? And because I want to take, I want to, I want to like know where I can find that, you know, that magic pill then too. Well, it's but, not a magic pill. It's the magic thoughts. Uh, but because if I don't surround myself with negative people, I treat my body like it is a temple. I treat my mind like it is a temple. I'm always sharp. I'm always trying to never peak in life. How many people do you know that are like the best of them is behind them? A lot, unfortunately. Right? Yeah. They're going to die real soon. They're not, they're going to die the average age of 78. So you're thinking that you're, it's my, it's really mind over matter, mind over body, mind over everything. Mind over everything. Do you think mind though really can play a role in your longevity? They're, they're now proving that you can think your genetics, you can literally adjust your genetic and your cell dimensions 
and its likelihood of cancer by optimism, by thought. Well, I know there's a lot of research talking about positive thought and, opti and optimism, but is there, I'm curious what the stats are on that. Like, Who cares? can you talk yourself ageless, basically? Like maybe, if, maybe not, because look, this is just <laughs> tissue, right? This is tissue. Right. I can talk myself ageless here. Right. So your mindset, because yeah. your mindset. Yeah. This is just a, like a, a, a shell. A shell. A shell. Yeah. Our consciousness. I mean, now we're going into like Joseph Campbell shit here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. But our consciousness, just this is the vehicle. Like I might yeah. die and come back as that guy, you know, well, I'm going to take care of that shell. That's it. My consciousness is I'm, I'm seeing through this window called my eyes. That's it. And so not enough people take care of pamper, build up their consciousness and awareness. They live like human animals and not human beings. That's the problem. Right. How do you, like, what, so besides, of course, your strict morning routine and kind of your night routine, what are some of the things that you do just for fun or to kind of stay so positive or have such a good mindset? Besides, of course, what we talked mm -hmm. about already. So I, I believe that two things determine your mindset over anything else. And okay. I believe your mindset controls every outcome. Yeah, I agree. And that. so the two things are the thoughts that occupy your mind mm -hmm. and the people you surround yourself with. If you can just fix those two things, your mindset should be 99.9% .9 of the time in the right place. So the things that I do to do that is I'll go surfing once a week. I'll go out shooting guns. Uh, I'll hang out with people who are far smarter than me, far more capable. Like all of my coaching clients who are amazing from New York Times bestselling uh, uh, authors to, to celebrities, Matt, Matt Del Negro, uh, who, who's actually on the current season of Goliath. Um, I surround myself with guys and gals who are just so smart and capable. Like they're paying me, but I'm getting the most out of it. Yeah. Right. I'm getting the, I happen to have one skill and that is how to, how to sell things on a mass scale using social media, email, podcast, whatever the big mass platform is. They have these amazing ways. Like when Steve, Sean Stevens is like, dude, you gotta drink 30 ounces of water and here's the science behind it. Great, done. Jason Ferrugia, who lives Santa Monica, he's like, hey, here's how you wanna work out if yeah, you're in your Yeah, I like 40. Jason Ferrugia, yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Like, he, yeah, I'm a great coach, great trainer, but he says, this is how I need to work out when I'm in my 40s, done, because I trust the man. Mm -hmm. So Tom Billy was like, hey, look, this is how you ought to think and operate if you want to get to a billion dollar company. Well, my companies aren't doing a billion dollars. Right. So I'm going to listen to the man who is. Right. And not enough people do that. Like, well, I'm going to try and figure it out myself. Good luck. I think that's, a, that's a very valid. I think finding people who are exceptional or the best at what they do and use them are as like mentors yeah. or, 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 like, or like guidelines in your life, like sure. who you take advice from. Yeah. Success leaves clues, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And so someone's already been there and done that. Mm -hmm. Why don't I just model what you're doing instead of trying to figure it out and waste time? I want a time collapse. Yeah. No, I think that's great. I mean, but then you do your own masterminds, right? Yeah. Can you, okay, I think for a lot of people, I mean, masterminds are a very uh, confusing word, I think, for some people. Yeah. How do you describe what a mastermind is and kind of talk about what you do with your private clients? Sure. So a mastermind to me is real simple. It's a 12-month program where like-minded individuals come to get an outcome mm -hmm. in a shorter amount of time. So... It could be a mastermind on fitness, right. people who want to achieve a fitness goal or become an Olympic athlete. In fact, that is really what people do. If you are going to become an Olympic athlete as a sprinter, you're going to find the best sprinting coach who's mm -hmm. already coached other gold medalists, and you're going to spend years working with him or her. Right. And so in my case, I've got a mastermind. I've got three of them, but the one we'll talk about is the Empire Mastermind that I run with Craig Ballantyne. Craig and I are you have very- three masterminds? Yes. Okay, name them. You what? Empire? Uh, the Empire Mastermind for entrepreneurs of all walk okay. of life. 
the Fit Body Bootcamp Mastermind. So Fit Body Bootcamp owners, there's about 82 Fit Body Bootcamp owners who mm -hmm. pay us more per month to be in a mastermind group of other like-minded individuals. Another are, revenue stream right yeah, there. Boom. Exactly. Okay. And then the third one is the Seven Figure Formula Mastermind, which is for gym owners who are not Fit Body owners. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally makes sense. And so since again, the fitness is my background, gym, etc. So I got those three masterminds. But the Empire Mastermind that Craig and I run, we meet three times a year, every 100 days. And our goal every 100 days is to get you 12 months of results. Now, you know, as an entrepreneur, that being an entrepreneur, you're an island. Everyone around you works for someone, punches a time clock, collects a paycheck. You and I have these worries, these thoughts, these concerns, these doubts, these uncertainties that might keep us awake at night. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, you're in a room of like-minded people. Yeah, you're a contractor, and I'm a dentist, and that guy's a personal trainer, and that guy's a psychotherapist, but we all have the same pain, problems, frustrations, and desires. And now there's someone who's already been there, like myself and Craig, mm -hmm. you know, running, running nine figure businesses. And we go, Hey, if I were a dentist and I were doing X, you might want, want to consider this. If I want 10 more dental practices, it's kind of like a, like an organization. Like, it sounds like YPO. Do you know what young president's yeah, organization that's, that's exactly or like, but, it, but a smaller scale, right? And yeah, you could, and with much one more specific outcome, right? Yeah. With, with, with a niche, right? Mm -hmm. And then, but you're, they're all the, the prices are basically all over the place. You yeah. have like so yours. You said you, you charge people fifty grand, fifty thousand yeah. dollars to be in the mastermind. Yeah. Okay. What do you get for fifty thousand? You get three meetings a year. Okay. And then you get monthly coaching calls. And and those meetings are designed to take your biggest frustrations during those hundred days that you're going to have. Mm -hmm. So you would come to the mastermind. Let's say this is your third, second mastermind. So you've already gone through hundred days. Second mastermind. Like, all right, Jen, what's going on in your business? Well, you've got, I've got a new form of problems. My problems back then were, and I call them third world problems in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I don't have any clients. No one believes my marketing message. No one's clicking my ads. And I feel like I'm just peeing away money. Right. Okay, great. So we helped solve that. A hundred days went by. You figured out how to get people to click. Your message is now believable. But now you show up and you're like, well, I'm making money, but I've got first world problems instead of third world problems. First world problems are now I need to hire my first employee. I'm burning out. My husband's freaking out that I'm not spending time with him anymore. I'm working 14 hours a day. I need to hire my first employee, but I don't know how to let go of the business and trust my employee with my customers. What do I do? So really we go, okay, here's what you should do. Here's where you want to try hiring. Here's how you want to start hiring. Here's how you train people up, create a systems manual. Alien abduction manual, which means if I fire you, then mm -hmm. I bring someone else in. What do they do? And we always say, if an alien got, uh, abducted you, we just want to have a manual so that when we bring in the second person, <laughs> they right? could, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They could just kind of take yeah. over. Yeah. So that kind of is a, fra a phrase from our Fit Body Bootcamp headquarters. I'm like, well, every business needs an alien abduction manual. Like if I got <laughs> abducted as a CEO, right, right. someone has to step in. So there's a whole Google doc on how I run the business, right? So our VP can step in if I get hit by a bus. And so not enough people are doing that. So you would get these marching orders and then you would go and execute over the next hundred days. Mm -hmm. When you come back to your third mastermind, like, Hey, I'm making more money and I have more time freedom. Thank you. However, I see that my clients are also asking for X, Y, and Z. So I got a new product or a service to create. I don't know how to create it. So now you show up with a new first world problem. So a mastermind really is like-minded people helping each other, holding each other accountable every hundred days. Uh, my typical client stays on board for, 24 to 36 months. So once they become a mastermind member, even though it's for a year, they'll stay on board for 24 to 36 months. Cause as long as you're giving me 50 G's every year and I'm giving you five to 10 X back, why would you leave? Right. But you have to have a certain amount of money coming in to be spending $50,000 a year. Correct. Right. So, or you charge up your credit cards. Right. I mean, 
So how many people can go in a mastermind? Um, anywhere from as little as 10 to as much Sorry. as 100. I'm just going to go take a glass. We're almost, we're going to wrap up pretty soon. Sure. So I have some water I'm if, not, you don't don't mind. You. if you don't mind. You're not, I was just being funny earlier. Okay. No, yeah. no, I know. I know. I'm, I'm just, no, I'm kidding. I'm, exactly. I'm just teasing you anyway. Um, yeah, but anywhere, anywhere from like 10 to 100 people. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So what, what's the, I, I mean, I, I should have asked this to you in the beginning, but why not end with this, I guess. But what's driven you? Like, I know you said you were a fat kid. I get all mm -hmm. that. But what's driven you to be such a go-getter, to be so gritty, to be so scrappy, um, yeah. to have these like, you know, to have these non-negotiables. Like because this. I'm either supposed to be a taxi driver in Armenia or a mechanic in Armenia. And had my dad not risked his life in 1980, where we escaped Armenia, I was six years old when we came here. Didn't speak English, didn't understand the language, didn't know the culture. Like my dad literally risked his life so that me, my brother, and my sister could have the freedom. He was in his 40s already. Like the, right. the best of him in his mind was gone. But he's like, I'm gonna risk my life and come here for these kids. And so if I don't take advantage of these opportunities as a sign of gratitude to my dad, what a disservice right. to what my dad did to risk his life, uh, number one. Number two, I know what it's like being broke. Like I know what it's like literally eating out of dumpsters, having your hair, have you ever had your hair washed with gasoline? No, can you even do that? Yes, yes. How? See, when you're a foreigner to this country and you live in Section 8 housing, which is government-assisted housing. And is that you get, where you were living? Yes, and you get lice and your parents can't afford lice treatment from the store. Your dad siphons out gasoline from a parked car and your mom washes your hair with gasoline to kill the lice. Wow. So when you have that as contrast, I never want to have my hair washed with gasoline again. Now, obviously that'll never happen again. But I, the pendulum has swung so far this way that I just want to serve. I just want to make a lot of money. I want my kids to have the best experiences. Like they've been traveling since they were little babies. They've seen countries that they don't even remember, right? They always fly first class, but they also know how to serve. They come with a servant heart because when they get four, five, six, seven, eight, ten gifts every Christmas, they can keep one and they have to give the rest to Toys for Tots. And so again, we've got control. We're That's control great. freaks. I love yeah. that. Um, so, so that's really it. Like for me, I'm always going to be successful and the fear of losing it all and being that loser, being that foreigner, being bullied, it'll never happen for me ever. Well, you also said something earlier, which I thought was really interesting was, um, you wanted to speak English better than Americans did when you mm -hmm. came here. Yeah. Yeah. So English being a second language for me, I was always, uh, nervous about my accent. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I'm going to get rid of my accent. And then, I don't know if this happened in Canada, but here in the States... <laughs> we speak English in Canada. <laughs> yeah, we speak English in uh, Here in the States, this is, I hated this, Jen. Oh, I hated this. I remember it happening, the first time happening was like third or fourth grade. It was a simple book that the teacher had assigned. Uh, you would read a couple of paragraphs, and then it was my turn, and then her turn, and then his turn. And as I would see that it's uh, out loud, and it was my turn was coming up, and I had a heavy accent, and I didn't read well and it was all choppy and all the kids would laugh at me. So when I did the audio book for Man Up, I wanted to hire someone. Lord knows I got enough money to hire anyone I want. But I was like, you know what? If you do that, you're copying out. You're gonna read your own audio book. And so I did, uh, but I share this with you because I decided that I'm gonna lose the accent, I'm gonna read well, I'm gonna articulate so well. And one of the best compliments I got was from Ed Milet and Tony Robbins when they said that I'm one of the better speakers and people who articulates a message than they've ever heard. Wow. Like, what a compliment. That's a huge compliment. 
And you were just self-taught like that? You just practiced yeah. and practiced? Yeah, I go all in on anything I do. I got an obsessive personality. So no. if there's like a kilo of cocaine right here, I would go in all in on that too. If I, if, if you, right, like, if your structure my... and your, you know, your yeah. control wasn't like intact. Right. 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 That's amazing. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to share with the audience, with me? Um, any tips, tricks of how? Yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead. There's one little trip, uh, tip and trick that I'd like to share with you that comes from Kevin Downing, my therapist of okay, 16 yes. months. Um, he taught me and I think it's only good to pay it forward. So here's what happens. As uh, between the ages of you were born to about 20 years old, mom and dad have a lot of control on what you say, do, look like, think, operate. Uh, like, oh look, you're a fat little kid. <laughs> you're big boned. Oh, you're not that smart. Oh, you're not that fast. Oh, you're so clumsy. Uh, this is your favorite color. Why? Because they decided to dress you in pink because you're a girl and me in blue because I'm a boy. Black is my favorite color, right? But we grow up with everyone else's, everyone transferring their feelings and their thoughts and their emotions on us. What they experienced in life, they transfer on us. Be careful. Watch out. Don't go in the ocean. Sharks, because they once saw a National Geographic show with sharks in the ocean. And so we grew up with all this fear. And then in our, from 20 to about 35, 40, we try to figure out what's going on. And that's the figure out stage. And so as I met Kevin, my therapist, and I'm like, man, I'm just trying to figure shit out and I'm having all these anxiety attacks and shit's happened to me as a kid and I don't know how to talk about it and articulate about it, et cetera. And he goes, hey, just so you know, like when you're born, yeah, your parents and grandparents and school teachers, they have the pen and they're writing in your book of life, you know. But now there's hundreds of pages, blank pages left. And all you gotta do is take the pen and start writing how the story ends. I was like, holy shit, Kevin. That, just that visual, that metaphor, that example of taking the pen back. It's not, not well, my parents said this and this is why I'm a victim. Uh, I'm a foreigner and this is why right, I Right, so finish, finish writing your own story. I write my own story now. And like you do, you're, you are the master of your own narrative, really. Yeah. And if enough people can realize like, look, a lot of trauma has happened to all of us. I was molested between the ages of four and six in Armenia. I was a foreigner when we came to this country and I was bullied and picked on and beat up and I didn't speak English. But if I let all of that stop me, then I'm still letting the past write my future. So I just took the pen back, like Kevin said. See, Ke Kevin was worth the 75 bucks an hour just for that. Yeah. And now, of course, 175 bucks. Yeah. 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 I remember. Every Monday at 5 p.m., <laughs> I was on that guy's couch. Oh, my gosh. Well, um, wow. That's, you left us with a very, yeah, that's a good, I like that. Like be, be, a, be basically write your own story or yeah. finish your story. Finish your story. Yeah. You've been a delight. Bezos. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. And I really appreciate the opportunity, Jen. I mean it. Like I'm a bit of an introverted reclusive person. Uh, uh, I wouldn't you, say you, so. You're such a great interviewer. Thank you. Oh, you're a delight. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, you make it easy because you have some great information to share and, and on top of that, you also got to burn some extra calories from your I did. morning workout. How many the, calories did you burn? Uh, I don't know where the okay, calories... Okay, press the white button. The pace met uh, calories. Met was 1.54. Oh, calories. 124 calories. Okay, so that's an extra 124 calories. Okay, that's a third of a Big Mac. Not that I was counting. No, no, no. Of course not. Oh, before because you were a fat kid and, you know, you'll always have that in your head. I get you. Before I let you off, I forgot one thing. What, what's your diet? Because you're a fitness person. I have to ask. Do oh. you do intermittent fasting? Do you do... Good question. I Good. have to ask that question. It's funny you say that. So because I still... I'm a great coach and trainer like yeah. on the floor. I'm not the best at prescribing nutrition for myself. Okay. For others, I can. Right, right. right. So... 
again, I was like, well, what's the best thing? Just like a coach, like a mentor, yeah, like a mastermind. Absolutely. I hired a gentleman named Darren Mailing. He's a coaching client of mine. He helps bodybuild. He's actually from Montreal and then went to Toronto. He lives in Toronto right now with his wife, Christina, and he helps all the big fitness competitors and bodybuilders get, you know, trimmed down and get right, on stage right? in their Speedos and shave their bodies, whatever they do. <laughs> so I was like, hey, I helped you grow your business. Now I'm going to pay you and you're going to help me by writing out a meal plan. And then I sent that meal plan to my man, Todd Abrams, who owns Icon Meals. And okay, I've heard of that. That's a, isn't that like a, a multi? Prep? Oh, no, I was thinking something else. Okay. Yeah, no, it's a food prep service. And yeah, so it's, it's vacuum packed, like, like yeah, six totally. ounces. So basically it's this, protein shake, two scoops of protein shake in the morning, two scoops of protein shake at night. And then three Icon Meals in the middle of the day. Simple as that. Wow. And then six ounces of chicken, a little bit of um, yams, and green beans or asparagus. So basically, you're very, you're also super structured in what you eat. Because give me one slice of pizza and I'll eat the whole pizzeria. Like now you're, I totally right? get that. I'm telling you, I, you're, yeah. you and I are speaking the same. And having language. said that, on a Sunday, like I will eat a pizzeria because that's my cheat day. That's it. So on Sunday, you let yourself do whatever you want. Oh yeah, I go nuts. So one cheat day. I make myself sick. I'm an, I'm an animal. I'm like yeah. that too because we're extreme personalities, yeah. right? It's like all or nothing. That's, that's right. It. If I have one piece, Friday night I had a piece of carrot cake and uh, it was my birthday. And so oh, my, and happy birthday! Thank you. It was my birthday was like in September. Twenty five never looked so good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> 25? I'm 22. Don't kidding. Um, <laughs> someone sent me a carrot cake, and I'm like, oh, let's have a little piece. Of course, like, I couldn't control myself because, yeah. you know, that's my personality. Oh, and one piece cake. turned into, like, the entire cake. Yeah. And it's like, then you, you know. So well, none of us are perfect, and we all have our, you know, crosses yeah. to bear. And But knowing it and being self-aware is all it's about. So That's really it, right? Self-awareness. Yeah. Self-awareness. I yeah. say it all the time. I think just knowing your weaknesses. And I'm not perfect, and, you know, I can't control myself. I'm an extreme personality. And so when I have that one piece of cake, I, I don't know. I can't do that moderation thing because I will eat the whole cake. And then 75 cookies. Can I make an observation? Yeah. I know I said I burnt 124 calories, but this thing probably averages out like a five foot eight person who a, weighs a, a hundred. Right? Of course. I'm a whopping six foot, See, 230 pounds put, of beautifulness. You, and you didn't and, put all your your measurements in here, right? Right. So right. easily it has to be about 200, 210 calories. Well, what, what number are you on speed wise? Uh, 0.7. Well, maybe not. I actually, <laughs> I actually walked around my house faster than this. Okay. So. Yeah. It was just a gentle stroll. It's this not is like a, I'm almost standing. This is a, yeah. Well. Listen, 100, 100 calories. How many calories you said? Well, it's 129, but okay, with my calculation. It's, okay, so 130 calories is better than zero calories. But so I think it's around 230, way. Jen, is what I'm saying. Okay, like, so I'm, let's I'm, we can I'm round a, up I'm to a, 230. I'm a big hunk of man here. <laughs> okay, we're going to round up to 230. But either right. way, guess what? Five is better than zero. Right. And 130 is better than zero. Exactly. So anyway, but thank you so much. I love that you came on the show. Uh, the podcast and um, please come on again. I, I would love to and, and I appreciate the opportunity. No, I, I, I really had a great time with you. So thanks, Bedros. Oh, how do people find you? Let oh, them know. Fastest way to find me is on Instagram at Bedros Kulian. How do you spell your last name? K-E-U-I-L-I-A-N. Perfect. Thank you. Bye, guys. Habits and hustle. Time to get it rolling. Stay up on the grind. Don't stop. Keep it going. Habits and hustle from nothing into something. All out. Hosted by Jennifer Cohen. Visionaries. Tune in. You can get to know them. Be inspired. This is your moment. Excuses. We ain't having that. The Habits and Hustle podcast powered by Habit Nest. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, 
and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.